This episode is sponsored by SoapsByJuliet.co. These luxurious handmade soaps and body products are all natural and made locally in the heart of London, Ontario. The perfect gift to give yourself or loved ones. To get a start on your holiday shopping this year, head on over to at SoapsByJuliet.co on Instagram or click the link in my bio and use code Jenny for 15% off your order. Good morning, everybody. I am Jenny. Welcome to Wake Up with Jenny and Friends. Welcome, my guests, Dallas and Paul. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. How are you doing today? Good. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for joining me to co-host today. This is very exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's great to be here, honestly. It's an honor. Yeah. And as we found out, you guys are on the West Coast. <laughs> Yes, 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 we are. Oh, let me just adjust that. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank the air conditioning. Oh, you got the air conditioning going in there. Yeah, but it's all good. We'll, we'll roll through. Yeah, it's, it must be nice and, nice and warm down there. It's starting to get chilly here in, uh, in, in Ontario. Canada. Oh, Ontario. Wow, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always like sunny and 70, like it's perfect weather every single day. We're, no, we're very blessed. We don't like you. Um. Yeah, I know. I was like... Yeah, Ontario must be nice and uh, well. It's starting to become uh, winter. It's turned into winter time. Oh, you're in Ontario, California. Uh, well, Ontario, Canada. Ah, <laughs> yeah, close though. Did you, I, I didn't know there was an Ontario, California until a couple of years ago. I had bought tickets to this event, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this guy's in Ontario. This is crazy!" And I was like. Oh quickly got the tickets. I was like, this is amazing. And then it comes back and I, I noticed that it's Ontario, California. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was the event? It was, um, it, it was for Joel Olstein. That was. Oh, I'm a, I'm a big Joel fan myself. Are you? Yeah. I listen to his YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Um, so how was your weekend guys? Let's just jump right into it. How was your weekend? What'd you do? Where'd you go? Who'd you see? What'd you do? Uh, the weekend was good. I think, uh, I think no matter what we you know, I think in the back of our minds is always boy talks. So I think whatever we're doing <laughs> in the back of our minds, we're just thinking about like, you know, we need to keep building the show. We need to keep, keep building boy talk. But, uh, it was good. The weekend was good. Yesterday I was working on a new, uh, a show. So I was working yesterday, which was my Saturday. On a show i don't think i'm able to like disclose what it is i think it's like weird hollywood rules but it was good i mean weekend's great so far and today will be a productive day as well just keep you know keep rolling that's awesome dallas how was your weekend yeah pretty much the same thing because like we both work on set pretty much monday to friday so it's always like trying to figure out how we can finesse and get as much boy talk work done as possible on the weekends whether we're recording editing or whatnot and um so yesterday was actually a pretty busy day for me. Uh, it was my girlfriend's birthday. So we had a, a special day throughout the city. And um, are you familiar with the play Hamilton? Yes, I haven't seen it yet, but we saw Hamilton. It was good. How was that? Was that it was intense. They were, they were dropping bars. They were dropping knowledge, history. It was, it was a lot of information very fast at once. Wow. And what a production. Oh my God. Yeah. It was insane. Like there was like 30 people on set at all time. Like choreography was like, it was insane. They must've been like training for like two years. <laughs> crazy, crazy. I love, I love theater. I kind of grew up in the theater. So 
I have such a love for it. I was a dancer for 15 years as well, too, and did competitions and all that kind of stuff. So it's like the stage is like so comfortable for me. And uh, every time I got a chance to go see a Broadway show, it was like magic. It is. It truly is. It's nothing like it. It's insane. Total experience. So why don't you tell everybody, our listeners, what you do, a little bit about who you are, and let's talk about Boy Talk. I just watched some of your shows on YouTube, and I was in stitches. (laughs) Thank you for watching. Yeah, thanks for watching, honestly. Absolutely. I subscribe, so uh, I'm about the drip. Thank you. Yeah, I'll get started on this one. It's been, it was quite a journey, honestly. Because, um, you know, there was the quarantine in 2020 because of uh, COVID-19. And that was a lot of good and a lot of, a lot of bad. But one good thing that came from it, it was that, uh, you know, we were quarantining at the house and we didn't really know what to do with ourselves. And me and my, the other guy who runs the show with us, Luca He, um, we had a blue backdrop and we started making little, little videos with it. And then one thing led to another and eventually we were like kind of hosting it. And then we decided to name it Boy Talk. And before you knew it, we had this little mini sketch show called Boy Talk. And it was just from being quarantined and having nothing to do at all. And we just kept on making them, kept on making them. And then we have, you know, we have a good amount of actor friends as well. And they were seeing our videos and we were posting them. They wanted to get involved. And we did a whole entire season one. And the show was quite different back then, too. And Paul, actually, I met going to China for another movie about two years ago. And Paul was making his own content. And then Paul, um, me and Paul, I think, ran into each other on set. And I talked to him about Boy Talk, talked to him about his content. And basically, he joined the team. And then from there, we just consistently kept on building and building Boy Talk. And now we're in season two production. And the amount of like cast members and storylines and everything has just grown so much from what originally started as just two of us in front of a green backdrop. And now it's a full on like scripted show. And um, yeah, it's very exciting. We just bit by bit as time kept on going, we just kept on getting better and better and growing. And it's all because of literally just quarantine and it's insane. So I I wanted to ask you actually about that, about it being scripted because I wasn't sure if it was just sort of like, off the cuff or you make it up as you go along because it says your description is a, a sketch comedy show so I wasn't sure if you were scripting it out how do you how do you how do you work that how much is ad lib and how much is script well like season one for instance we were definitely just figuring out what it is boy talk was and what we were doing so a lot of that was like heavily improvised but season two is all pre-written it's all it's all written it's all scripted and pretty much for the most part, I would say we stick to the script. I mean, we might ad lib a line here or there, or, if, you know, a sentence sounds better a different way. We might do that, but full on pretty much it's, yeah, it's all scripted. You know wow, I mean? that's amazing. I want to ask you a little bit about China too, Paul, but where did the, the, the name Boy Talk come from? How did you decide on that? Oh, man. So that was kind of just like an inside joke between uh, Luca He, he's my co-host, it was, it was an inside joke that we had about a podcast called Boy Talk. And it really was, it was kind of like a Seinfeld concept. It was just like, a, it would be a podcast about basically nothing. We just thought the word Boy Talk was funny. <laughs> and then, um, then we started making these videos and then we're like, oh my God, let's call it, let's call it Boy Talk. And, you know, it kind of rolls off the tongue, I think. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it, it's, it draws you in because when I first saw you guys on Instagram, I thought, Boy Talk, what is this? And then it was like, a mash of like comedy sketches and like you guys hanging out and different posts. And I was like, 
so interesting. You kind of have to like really invest to figure out what it is that you guys are doing. Mm. Yeah, that's something we've been working on. I feel like, especially recently, like kind of forming the episodes so that like if you watch like season two, episode 16, like the goal was like you could watch the show with have never seen an episode before, but it would be we're going to I mean, the goal is to make it easier and easier to where like you could just watch one episode and in that one episode, just like pick up funny bits along the way, as opposed to like having to like memorize like an entire storyline and like, you know, get all get all the things like you could watch any episode, one episode and just and just enjoy it. So that's kind of what we're what we're building towards as well. And uh, and then, yeah, we met in China. So I went to uh, I went to film school at Temple University. Go Owls. And uh, <laughs> and then I, I graduated and they had a program in Los Angeles where you could go and study in Los Angeles. We were taking classes at Raleigh Studios in Hollywood. And then uh, I graduated and I decided to stay in Los Angeles because I always dreamed of being, you know, like working the film industry, being a movie director, doing all that stuff. And then I was working. And then so I ended up like doing a lot of stuff as like an extra and then I got a job ended up working as like an accountant and it sucked and I thought I was like oh I got a good job now I'm an accountant but it actually it was like terrible so then what got me out of the accounting job was I booked a gig in China which was supposed to be four months we we're supposed to be in China for four months filming this movie we were playing U.S. soldiers and that's where I met Dallas and we met in China but it was like very casual it was just like oh yeah hey nice to meet you whatever we were only in China for two weeks before the pandemic hit oh wow so we, how was yeah, that it was terrifying. So we flew out. <laughs> yeah. <it was. laughs> so we flew out January 15th. And then about one and a half weeks in, they're like, hey, guys, we're going to be, there were 70 of us that they flew out as well. Mm. And we were like very like far Northeast China, like 35 miles from North Korea. And we were, and they were like, hey, so you guys, uh, we're going to, we're going to pause the production temporarily. There's a little virus going on. Yeah, so no further notice. Right. And then we were like, oh, that's kind of scary. Like there's a virus going on or oh, whatever. Sounds and, fake to us at the time. Right. We like didn't believe it. But then I started getting calls from like my parents. They're like, hey, like uh, you should get out of China. And I was like, what? And then suddenly a few days later, they're like, okay, production's canceled. We're shipping everybody back. This virus is like spreading like crazy. And we were like, oh my God. So then we flew back. Um, we probably brought COVID back with us to the United States. Like just, you know. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> off the record i mean we'll, we'll never know if we did yeah nobody watches this show don't worry about it <laughs> right, right suddenly like the fbi like is knocking on the door they're like wait no they said off the record it's <laughs> oh it's off the record it doesn't go and then uh and then everything shut down and i decided with um with one of my buddies we did a series called man of action and we were working on that and then i think like I also noticed that Dallas, because we were friends on Facebook and Instagram, so I noticed that he was doing Boy Talk. He noticed I was doing Man of Action. And then he was like, hey, do you want to – and this is the funny way. is my way into Boy Talk was as an extra. He was like, hey, can you be an extra in this scene in Boy Talk? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess I'll be like an extra in like your web show. Like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, you know, almost like an insult. I know. I was like, I was like yeah. oh, I'm pretty good at video. I'll help you out. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm pretty good at video production, but if you just need me as an extra, like, I'll just be an extra, like, that's fine. <laughs> and then it ended up being like, I worked that one day as an extra. I was like, all right, that's cool, whatever. And I thought that would be like the last thing I ever do with Boy Talk, but it was fine. You know what I mean? It was whatever. And then a couple, maybe like two months later, like Dallas calls again, and he's like, hey, do you want to be in this like short sketch? It was like this thirty second thing called Captain's Log, and I was like, oh yeah, sure, why not? Like if it's me on on screen, like whatever, that sounds fun. 
And then I made it, I, I told Dallas, I was like, hey, Dallas, like, if you want, I like the idea for captain's log. Like I can edit the videos and we can shoot it on my camera. And then if you want, like that'll take some work off your hands. I know you got a lot of other stuff going on with the show. So I can just start to edit the captain's log. And uh, it started to do well. And I was like promoting it on my social media. And uh, it was just a fun thing. And then it ended up going to where we filmed. I think we filmed probably like 25 or 30 of the captain's logs, like shorts, which are, which are featured in, in a lot of the episodes as well. And then from there, it was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm pretty decent at video production if you need somebody to like shoot and edit a lot of these episodes. And then now it's like we're working on it all the time. And, and uh, I recently just started like being like the exclusive camera person for the episodes, which if you notice a recent, you know, any recent visual improvements. So basically, like Paul went from like starting out as an extra over a year ago on the show. And now he's like running the show with me. Started from the bottom and he's at the top. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm basically little <laughs> Wayne and he's Drake. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we started from the bottom and, uh, but it's great. Yeah. I, I think one thing that really drew me into the show was like Dallas's like commitment to the show. He had this vision for it and he had a work ethic where like, it was like Dallas had this vision. He's like, I want to do 10 seasons with 10 episodes per season. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's awesome. And then I really saw Dallas like independently, like putting in like a lot of work. And season one, they shot like almost exclusively like on an iPhone. And like, I know how difficult that would be to like film on an iPhone. Just like the mental part of like, okay, we just have to film this. But to do yeah. 10 episodes on an iPhone or it, with, with, of course, like more cameras and stuff like along the way. But yeah. just, to do, just to do those 10 episodes for season one and just to make that commitment, I was like really intrigued by that. And I was like, yeah, he's clearly a super hardworking, like driven you know, motivate a person with like a great vision for the show. So I was like, yeah, I'll do anything I can to help the show because I felt like there was a good, it was a good like foundation to build from of like, you know, people who are willing, like specifically like Dallas was really willing to like work hard on the show and continue and just kind of go through and, and keep filming no matter what. And mm -hmm. I was like, dude, I, I'll do anything I can to help. I'll, I'll bring my camera. I'll, I'll edit you know, we can do stuff with like the Patreon. We can do some merchandise. Like we'll do some stuff on social media. Yeah, I saw you guys have your shirt stuff and everything out. Your merch. Yeah, boy talk. Yeah, boy talk. Yeah. Uh, we've seen some uh, some pretty important peeps wearing your stuff. Yeah, Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> Selena Gomez. <laughs> you have, like direct connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. popular brand in that way. Yeah, yeah you you, uh, you guys text him all the time. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, he's he's trying to get on the show every week. And yeah, just, you know, it's just, you know, just can't, when we find something that fits, you know. I mean, you can't accommodate everybody. It's you know, it's, no, it is. What it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I want if you could take us because I don't think people realize like how much really goes into creating and just like creating a show is one thing, but then filming a show is another thing, right? And mm. I don't know if you've watched very many episodes of my show but this is a fairly low budget show uh yeah i mean i think that's one thing that's interesting to mention especially with like the budget and like filmmaking strategy like for your show like boy talk like we end up budgeting maybe like about 25 dollars per week per episode for now like okay. for now because like that way like so we are actually like it's a profitable show in terms of like we're making money through the patreon and merchandise so, and then we're, we intentionally budget like $25 a week so that we can be profitable. So like, we'll never go out of business. And I noticed that in the beginning, Dallas was a, 
kind of like putting up a lot of money himself just to like fill the needs of what the show required. And I was like, Hey, it's not really fair for me to be like, Oh yeah, Dallas, like you just pay for stuff and we'll just show up. Like I was like that, you know what I mean? So then we created like a system to where like the, with the Patreon and the merchandise, we make it, we're fortunate enough to like make enough money through that to where as long as we're smart with our budget, like the show is profitable. You know what I mean? So now it's, it's making like a little bit of money, but it's very scalable. And we see like a lot of future potential for it that all we have to do is just keep rolling camera, keep releasing episodes. And, uh, and it's inevitable that it'll, it'll keep growing. Mm. And you just upload your show right now to YouTube and then the same show to Patreon, right? Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, so we upload exclusively to um, YouTube at the moment, and then we do have dogs some... in the background. Who heard those mini helicopters? Oh, oh no, we love dogs. <laughs> we love dogs. Very big fans of dogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're exclusively on YouTube, but then we do have videos that are exclusive for our Patreons as well. If you join the Patreon page, and um, yeah, it's it's quite a process because I mean, in order for us just to keep the ball rolling, we kind of just have like these rules we set in place. Like for instance, with season two a new episode of the seasons dropped on the first of every single month. We film every single Saturday. And if we're not filming, we're writing, editing, but mainly we're, we're working every Saturday and Sunday. And it's cool because we both work on set too. So with, you know, we're bouncing around from different sets. So we're meeting a lot of actors that are our age that are, you know, like in their, I guess, adolescence phase of their film career that are just really hungry and want to work. So we're always bouncing around. So we're always meeting a lot of people. So if you notice, there's all these different random kooky characters and it's literally just people that we're meeting on set and it's cool. So we're just expanding the network and um, yeah. So we're dropping a new video on Tuesdays as well. Uh, Boy Talk Tuesday. We split up the episode and uh, we like post the individual skits. So it's a guarantee every Tuesday there'll be a new video. And then on the first of the month, there's a new video and then we film every Saturday. Oh, that's fantastic. So if you could take us through like a little bit of a process, like a day in the life of filming a show, like from sort of from the writing part to getting people together to film, how does that kind of, what does that look like for you guys? I, mean, I think it starts, I think like filming on the Saturday, like starts on this Sunday. So like today we're going to just start moving everything, you know, getting everything rolling for next Saturday. Like it's uh, and then, would you like to talk about that with like your process of like from Sunday all the way to Saturday? Like how yeah. do you, you start, you start by writing the show, right? Like you start by like, where does it start? It starts with an idea and then you. Yeah. We kind of just have like a list of ideas or like skits that we know we're going to do mm -hmm. and they're just written down. And then we're like, all right, this is the day we're going to write down the skit. So then let's say we just have an idea for a skit. It'll mainly be on a Sunday or sometimes a Saturday, but we'll start with the skit. We'll, we'll know the points of where we want the skit to go. So then we'll just write the outline. Then we'll dissect it. And then we'll just write the actual script. And then from there, we just need to decide, okay, what, what skits are we filming next Saturday? So then from there, we decide the skits. And then we decide all the characters. So then, I, then that part is then me reaching out to all the actors to fill up the spots. Once I fill up all the, the cast, I then send a blast email out to everyone. But like, hey, guys, thanks for joining us. We're going to be filming this upcoming Saturday. And then I just attach the script to everyone. And then the Friday before the Saturday, we release the final details. And then, yeah, then we just film it. And then the, that Sunday, we do the same thing again. And I love watching um, how you integrate different scenes into your show. Like, you know, when you're saying you film solely on um, 
an iPhone at one point. Like I know yeah. how. Like I, I don't. I don't even have an iPhone. I have a Samsung. I'm an Android bitch. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm an Android girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. So, uh, but I know how difficult that is sometimes to get like a good shot of something, like in terms of like the width of a scenery or like a close up, zoom ins and stuff like that. And you guys have, are really good with like piecing together different um scenes throughout your show like it looks so professional the editing is really really well done this guy and yeah it's amazing you do such a great job and like like that that must take you like a lot there's a time investment in there and when you're talking about one of the things that you loved about dallas was his commitment to the show you know it's so important to have a vision of the things that you want to do and where you want to go and so when you think about investing your time and in, in stuff like that, like, where do you see the show going? I know you say you have like a 10, sort of a 10 year, 10 season vision, but where do you see this going? Hopefully, uh, We see the show eventually getting picked up by HBO and being an HBO comedy series. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they just pay us a couple million dollars and uh, we just keep making boy talk. Yeah. But, but now it's just a larger network. Yeah. Basically that we, regardless, it's going to be 10 seasons. Hopefully the sooner we can get picked up, the better, but the, the goal is to get picked up. And then once, you know, we have a little bit more resources at our disposal, a little bit of a larger network of actors and whatnot, we can continue to make the show even better and better and better. But the great thing right now is that we are profitable. What, even though it's small increments at the moment. So regardless of whenever we may get picked up, we're still going to continue making the show. So the show is going to hit 10 seasons and that's a guarantee. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, the, but the goal is to make the show as big as possible by the time we hit that, that final lap. That's phenomenal. And then, so does one season last you the year or how, cause for me when I, so I'm on the second season now of my show and mm. I just automatically thought, well, I'll go year to year. Um, I started a second season because I had somebody that left the show. So I just started, I just continued it myself. And so I, that was the date that I started the second season from, <clears throat> but I was just going to go from year to year. So January to January is basically my season. Does it work the same for you? Well, I would say right now we're at a place of the seasons where it's like, if the because it is like a time commitment with the editing, we're like, okay, we have to be like realistic about like how quickly can we get these edits done and they're good quality. So for us, like the pace was like one uh, episode per month, which the episode started at eight minutes and the, the previous one was 15 minutes. So we're slowly working our way up to about like a 22 minute episode. I think we'll get there like incrementally every single week and every single episode. Um, but essentially like, we found that, that a healthy pace for us was like one episode per month. And uh, so basically like a season would be then like 10 months because we would be doing 10 episodes and then on the first of every month, we release a new episode. So that means that season two will conclude February 1st. And then our goal as well is to just roll right into season three and release the first episode of season three, March 1st. And then we can just keep the momentum rolling. And then again, like that is just a very manageable pace. I think things could change if we decide to like slightly reformat the episodes to where instead of trying to go to 22 minutes, because that's like the, the length of like a 30 minute TV show would be a 22 minute episode. So then I think there's a strategy involved of like, okay, it could be an 11 minute episode. And then we could like, if we were to be in talks with the network about like a 30 minute spot on a, on a TV network, then we could just double the length of the episodes or we could essentially do two episodes to then fit that TV spot. Um, 
But then for us, it's also like, you know, it's manageable for our schedule. And I think if we were to, I, I do think there's a lot of like thought that goes into this because we could essentially, I, one of the questions I love to ask is like, how can we achieve like our 10 year goal in the next like six months or 12 months or 18 months? I love that. It, yeah. So it's like, how mm. could we get to season 10 of the show? And it could either take 10 years, right? Or how could we do it in like three years and still yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, and we're almost like guaranteed to like break things along the way. You know what I mean? It's like move fast and break things. But I feel like through that strategy, it gets like a certain shift in the thinking of like, okay, you know what I mean? Like how can we improve the quality of the show, improve like the efficiency of the show and be more consistent with releasing our episodes? Mm -hmm. Because it is, it's, it would just be difficult to predict like in 10 years, considering we've been in the film industry for like three years, like to predict like, Oh, 10 years, but it's like if we could accomplish that goal in like three, four, five years, I think then it gives us all the experience condensed into that one, into that, you know, those couple year period that we would still get in the 10 year period. But now we're getting it all, that entire education in three years. And then we're able to like continue to build and grow and expand to where maybe there's like I can totally see like a boy talk, like feature films, animated series, maybe even like theatrical animated series. Oh, my gosh, that would be wicked. Yeah, like, boy talk on Broadway. Boy talk on Broadway. Boy, boy talk, talk the, the musical. musical. Yeah, like <laughs> boy talk I, Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. boy yeah. talk. Boy talk versus Hamilton. In my death match. My fair. My fair boy talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> boy, boy talk on the roof. The sound of boy talk. The sound of boy talk. <laughs> <laughs> Those are a series of musicals. <laughs> right, the book of boy talk. Driving Miss Boy Talk. Yeah, like Mary there's boy talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a wonderful boy talk. A wonderful boy talk. <laughs> you know, a Christmas boy talk. <laughs> she needs to the job. A, a theme song, like a dedicated theme song. Oh, we have a theme song. Oh my Alice's god, yeah. girlfriend. You? My, my girlfriend's a singer, and um, she met with this producer, and they made a song, and it'll be on our newest episode on the first of November. The official oh, boy talk theme song. Oh, very that's cool. awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. And I, I love what you said about giving yourself like timelines because I don't know if you follow. Elon Musk at all but he said something very similar he said you know if you give yourself six months to do something it will take you six months if you give yourself three years to do something it'll take you three years and that's the concept of that is so valuable because you you drastically reduce your your lagging time if it were mm. when you when you shorten your your goals you know it, when you shorten the time in which to accomplish your goals so i think that's so crucial and if you can like you said get all that experience 10 more a decades worth of experience in a condensed amount of time it's just going to help you with the next projects that you work on mm -hmm. well, yeah yeah and i believe that's it. like it's called parkinson's law i believe where it's like the amount of time you give towards something that's how long it will take so if you're like same thing with like school if it's like oh you have until you know three weeks to finish this paper it's like you probably won't end up working on the paper until like a couple of days before if not like the night before you know what i mean so like the teacher could have been like oh you've got you know three days to do it and it would take you the same amount of hours to complete the you know the kind paper. of that work under pressure kind of thing Mm. Yeah. And then I think it comes down to like our ability to like, I think uh, Gary Vee even said this, what I thought was really good. He was like, he was like, your level of success will, det will be determined by like the level of stress and anxiety that you can handle. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's almost like if we can just slowly turn up like the amount of, you know, and kind of expand our, our stress tolerance to where we're able to like 
handle a lot of these like larger projects that are going on and mm-hmm. we're able to like handle the show very easily even as it continues to expand i think that's just beneficial for us to just mm-hmm. learn and grow even like personally to like learn and grow to be able to handle a lot of those a lot of those obstacles and challenges which we just welcome you know any any challenges or obstacles it's like they're amazing learning opportunities yeah, so yeah and, yeah. and that's so true getting your mind it's a different mindset right like seeing everything as instead of stressful or exciting you know i used to have a friend that um anytime anything bad would happen he, he'd be like that's great that's great <laughs> and everyone's like that's that no that, that's not great he's like it's great <laughs> right see that's an opportunity right he's like here's a, a learning opportunity Right. Yeah, I mean, he's really it. Even like the pandemic, which was like clearly like regarded as like a massive tragic chain of events, like for us was an amazing opportunity because you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like things were, it's like a lot of like good things are, are created in like that chaos and that tragedy and uncertainty, you know? And I feel like it's just about like being mentally in a place where you're like, if the challenges come, like you understand that there are opportunities for growth, you know what I mean? So like every time there is, you know, any, any type of obstacle, like it's like the obstacle is the way, do you know what I mean? So it's like, you just keep learning and growing through it. And I think for me, I think going, I think for boy talk to like really stay in business and succeed, I think we just have to keep filming. I think we just have to keep rolling the camera and uploading episodes. I I like that as simple as that. I think that's the key to success. Yeah, I I agree. I found that the same for me too. I thought at one point the show would not continue and I just, went both jump both feet in and continued just to book guests and make shows and keep filming and you know then got into sponsorships and that's been really a wonderful experience for me and never expected any of that to happen um and it's just kind of taken off and and just done really wonderful things and it's been so fun and i think that's part of it too is just having fun with what you do if you're passionate Mm -hmm. about it and you have fun with it it's um it's not really a job it's like a joy you know yeah i think i think dallas is like a really good uh balance for me doing that because i think i can get like really like like kind of like have like my face in it too much to where i'm just like so and then i feel like just dallas is like i mean we we work on the scripts together but a lot of dallas's ideas are just like so funny that it just (laughs) really like knocks me out of like this like state of like intense you know whatever intense productivity yeah and i just like remember i'm like oh my god like what are we actually like filming this is ridiculous and it just like it resets (laughs) it really like resets like my you know everything because i'm like oh i forgot like what we're we're filming like a priest with his sleeves cut off and he's going to kill demons like you know why take it that seriously like just you know so i think dallas is a good balance to remember like have fun with it, keep it light, keep it silly. And that's why it's fun. That's why, that's why we're working on it. That's why we're putting in so much time. And honestly, like some of the funniest things ever is like you just write in, in like the ones that we've written and ones in the past. It's like you just write this ridiculous script and it's just like the whole concept is just like, this is, this is so dumb. But then you actually like reach out to actors and you pitch them this and they're like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And then they just show up and then you're just like watching this thing that you wrote like come to life in front of you. And it's just like, and it's like so ridiculous. Like for instance, we did a father renegade who's about this priest killing demons. Mm-hmm. And in the newest father renegade, he's like beating this demon. And we, he was like, our, our actor, uh, Dustin Holcomb was literally just like on top of this actress, like faking, like he was beating her to death. And she was just like in full demon makeup. 
Yeah. And it's just like, it's just crazy. He's just seeing that they just go from paper to life right in front of you. And everyone on set is like, literally just like exactly like you said, everyone's laughing, having a great time. And it's like, you're just making this wacky stuff together and it's exciting. And you know, it's like the people that you, you start out with and you form these relationships with, and then you can work with and have a great time with the ones you're going to continue to work with. And as you continue to grow, you guys continue to collaborate together. And it's just an exciting journey that you guys all get to go on. And it's, you just want to keep doing it. And like we said, you just got to keep every Saturday. We just got to keep filming, keep editing. As long as we keep doing that, we will continue to ride. I want to talk a little bit about um, the Enrique Transglacius episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I lost that one. I was dying laughing. But, um, but, uh, but I'm interested to know, like, how was it? What was the experience for you when you saw your first show up on YouTube? Like, feel like how... Like, what was that like for you to see it all come to fruition, the writing and then the filming, and then you see it posted on the show and you're watching your show on there, like that very first show. What was that like for you? Oh, man, it was it was it was it was it was kind of surreal. Like the very first Boy Talk one after we made that and posted that. It was like it, it was like because, you know, you can you imagine all these different ways you can see the show going because yeah. at that point. Cause like now the show's kind of established. So it's like, I kind of got the vibe of where the show's going to go. And I mean, it can completely change from what I think now, but I haven't, there's a vibe there and you get the, you get the idea of the show. But when you post episode one, it's like, that's just one episode. So it's like the show can literally just go anywhere. So it was just really exciting to see it. And then, cause it was a different kind of comedy back then too. And then just imagine all the different ways that the show is going to go. It's like, it was like, it's like starting a new chapter, you know, like you're moving to a new town you're like, what is about to happen? in my life, you know, like you don't even know there's so many different possibilities of where your life can go. And that's how it felt when we did Boy Talks episode one. And it's just crazy to see where it went. Cause I mean, if you compare episode one, season one to season two, episode six, it's like, those are two completely different shows. Do you think it'll evolve in any way with like the, the characters that you have? Like, do you think it'll evolve from being a certain type of comedy to a different type of sketch with the people who you work with? Yeah, so that's actually funny that you mentioned that. Um, so the current format of Boy Talk is kind of like, imagine it as a TV channel. Mm -hmm. And in that TV channel are a bunch of different mini shows. You know, like you have the Father Max Renegade, Captain's Log, Ming Chow, and then the hosts. So it's like all these different shows on a network. And um, moving forward into season three, what we're going to start doing is we're going to try to run it as a real show. So we're pretty much gonna have everything be based in the host universe. And we're gonna integrate the characters from their own shows, some of them, into the host universe. We think that might be a little bit easier to follow along with the storyline and everything, but so the yeah, format- like a modern day soap opera kind of thing. Like you can yes. just tune in anytime and know where you're at. Yeah, heavily inspired by soap operas because <laughs> I, I was, I've, I've been working on, a, on, a, on The Young and the Restless, which is a soap opera. And I just think it's like, but one of the things that they do really well is like their quantity of content. Like they have such a high volume yes. of content. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah, especially if we're filming like one day a week and we want to release episodes consistently, like we've got to find a strategy that allows us to be able to be producing a lot of episodes without having to invest thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours to get one episode. So it's like, how can we really streamline that process? So to your point about like, you know, if we see the show like continue to evolve, like it's guaranteed that the show is going to continue to evolve because every single time we go on film, we're making more mistakes and then we're correcting our mistakes. And then through that, we're like evolving. Mm -hmm. So it's just as like, 
I mean, we're basically like these entrepreneurs that are like starting from scratch being like, how do you operate a TV show? Like, how does that work? And then we're just figuring it out just by, you know, diving in and just, and just learning to swim. That's so awesome. How was that experience working on this soap for you? I'm sure like a lot of tips, tips and tricks that you learned there are really beneficial for you now. I think what's funny, yeah, I mean, it's, of course, I think any film sets, we both of us work a ton on film sets. So I feel like you just like pick up little things here and there that they do. Um, I think specifically, I just noticed that like, they're so organized with it and they're so well scheduled and everything just flows smoothly. And another thing is as well, like one thing that's currently going on in the film industry was like, we just averted a strike from all the film crews. We're about to strike. Because, yes, I saw that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. scary. Oof, dodged a bullet. So, so one thing I noticed from the soap operas that we like to do with Boy Talk as well is like we know it's on a Saturday. Like we don't want people to have to come and work twelve-hour shift on their mm-hmm. Saturday, right? So it's like how can we, in you know, three, four, six, eight hours, like get all the scenes that we need, work with the actors for a couple hours for their scenes, create like a good experience for them. Um, without having to go like you know 12 hours where people are like tired and hungry and it's mm. hard and so i think that was probably the crux of the issue right was that the for the strikes was the the, the treatment and the the, the labor long so hours yeah yeah so we couldn't have them work in like 14 hour days all week and then they come work a 15 hour day for us <laughs> yeah. right right so it, it's just keeping that in mind especially because everyone's like volunteering to be on the show for the most part, everyone's just like, hey, like, I, you know, I'd like to be in the show. So knowing that people are just, you know, everyone's like volunteering, everyone's helping out, everyone's pitching in. Like, we want to be really, really respectful of like other people's time to be like, yeah, we don't want to work them for eight hours knowing that they're just like, you know, volunteering. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so, you, need, you need a Canadian on the show. Yes, yeah, we, do. we do. Yeah, we do. Fly out to Los Angeles. We'll, uh, we'll write you in. Yeah, we'll write you in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One um, <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the en- Enrique Transglacius episode, because it was not what I expected. When I when I saw the, the title of that show, I thought, oh, boy, this is this might be controversial. <laughs> I, wasn't sure, I wasn't sure where you were going with that, with the name. And then when I watched it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> And then when I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. So I, so the premise, and then tell me if I'm wrong here, but the premise is that Enrique speaks to you guys through sort of the transcendental universe and he comes through, <laughs> you know, He's, objects. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, this was an idea that we were camping on for like over a year now. We thought of the Enrique Transglacius concept. And basically, yeah, so... Um, Enrique, in 1994, he transported his body into a light energy consciousness. And now Enrique Iglesias can connect and talk to you through any light. So if you're by any light source, he just, uh, he just blinks. And it's, it's always the same. It's two blinks, then two more, then one more. And that's how you know it's Transglacius. <laughs> and, he, and he's partnered with, uh, he's partnered with, the, with the CIA as well. Yeah. He's, yeah he's such a such a big help in cracking the case right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny so do you guys have like favorite spots that you like to film and because i noticed so so for example and in, in, i think it was that episode actually you panned over to um you were outside in an alleyway and there was like cop cars there and stuff but 
was that that was just was that a scene that you took or was, did you actually have like the cop cars available to come and park there for you like how does that all work with the scene setups Mm. Oh, the cop cars were just B-roll footage. Like, we'll do, you know what I mean? Because it, like, it, it really blends in, though. You know what I mean? Like, when you nice. watch the episode, you're yeah. like, wow, like, the production value yeah. of this is pretty impressive. But, like, meanwhile, we're shooting it in Dallas's backyard. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and then if you look, like, and there's a spot on the ground where, like, we took white tape and made, like, the cutout of, like, a real <laughs> cutout. <laughs> right, right. That's just, like, wait, like, what happened? Like, who knows? Like, and then you see like the police officers, like the I mean the one With police the cut off the cut off shirt. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Luke, Luke has like a cut off shirt. He looks like he's like a twelve year old like Boy Scout sheriff. Yeah, he's like a park ranger. He is like a park ranger, but like everyone's playing the characters like really straight and serious. Like this is like a really serious crime that we're solving with like Enrique Transglacius. and like everyone. You know what I mean? Like I think we hit like a certain sweet spot with that one because it was like everyone was like really in it and everyone's like really invested in like the story. Yet like the context of it is like Enrique Iglesias, he's now an immortal light consciousness helping the, the CIA to solve crime in New York. And like, he's just like, and then we're all like really playing it. Like it's really real. Like it's just, it, it reaches like this certain level of like stupidity that you're like, yeah, like, I, you're like I, it's just, it's so ridiculous. But I, I think it's that type of stuff that like just totally takes the edge off and is like, oh my God, like this is, okay, this is the script that we're going yeah, you know I mean, like, let's 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 do it. Let's film it. that. That day in particular was like hilarious. Just filming that. <laughs> I yeah. bet. I bet. That's yeah. That's kind of what I try to do too. I just kind of try to give people a giggle, a little bit of a laugh. Like some of the shows, I I when I rewatch them because I I tape the shows like in advance, right, and they don't air till like a couple weeks later or whatever. And then when you go back and you watch the shows, you're like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Like what? Yeah. Like, what yeah. was it? What were we thinking? <laughs> right. but I, I, well, I think that's what's good about like the, the, the high volume of like releasing a lot of content is like we're, we, we know we're going to make mistakes. Like it's like guaranteed that every time we film, like not like we're going to just intentionally mess things up, but like we just know that along the way we're going to be like, oh, we didn't light this scene well enough or, you know, we, you know, we forgot we didn't put enough makeup on bloody mary's face so when she was getting punched it looked it was like dried blood already and she's like it should be fresh but like it's really simple things like that and like just through the high volume of it we're able to just keep rolling through because we're like okay great we made that mistake but too late we're gonna upload the episode and then next time we're gonna make sure that we get it right yeah so, and sometimes right. some of those little mistakes like when everything's not perfect it it almost kind of adds a little bit of flavor to the show adds a little mm. bit of character because when things are too too perfect you don't see kind of like there's a different interest factor when when you watch things back and you notice little things you're watching for it you know what i mean so you're a little bit more visually invested in the show so sometimes those things not everything has to be perfect all the time right yeah, it's got to have that little like sprinkle of like just dumbness and stupidity. You said the code word! Sprinkles! Oh, sprinkles. Oh, that is Whoa, yes. Oh, great. What do we win? Well, I don't think it's a good sign. I think that was the emergency code word. <laughs> That was, that was the abort, a banana bread was abort mission. Yeah, that was the abort mission. But, but we're, you know, we're, we're not aborting this mission just yet. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't realize. Yeah. What happens now? Gold flakes fall from the ceiling. And yes. Oh. You get a car and you get a car and you get yeah. a car. 
We're going to win some cars. A couple new cars. I'll take a Benz. Yeah, we'll take some new vehicles. Do you find yours like super, super critical of your work too? Because sometimes I feel like that too. I feel like, oh, I get off a show and then I'm like, oh, I feel like I was low energy or I feel like I didn't deliver or I feel like the guest wasn't happy with it. or And then I watch it back and I'm like, what was I thinking? This is great. Like, you just it's too self-critical. Do you guys get like that too? 100%. 1 million percent. But one of those, it's kind of like, like maybe it's just like self-critiquing, like your own acting performance. And I do that a lot. But then it's like, like, like Paul said, it's like, you know, we're pumping out so much content. It's, it's like one beautiful thing about that is you don't even have time to get like insecure or double think your, your, your former performance. Cause you're like, all right, it's, we're filming again in a week. It's time to get ready for the next performance. So, and that's another good thing about the repetitions. It's just like, okay, I watched myself. I saw something I maybe didn't like. Good thing we're filming in six days. I now can just continuously film, watch, critique, judge, reevaluate, do it again. And it's just like this never ending cycle of watching yourself and just slowly getting better and better. Literally just training yourself and watching yourself. It's, it's really interesting. That's awesome. And I wanted to just go back um, a little bit, if I could, on the, the timing of the episodes. You were mentioning the 22 minutes, which is like the crucial point, right? Because that's like a half hour, a real half hour show. Is It's actually 22 minutes. Have you guys thought about doing commercials like for your show and making it like a half hour show? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. That would be interesting. I think, uh, well, we are starting to feature commercials in the show with our Patreon and our merchandise as well. Yeah. We feel like it's, you know, how else are people going to know that we've got this Patreon and that we've got merchandise as well? Yeah. I think it just depends on like how long, like, would we want to put ads in our own, unless we made the ads like really entertaining, like if there was like, if yeah. it was like a sketch that yeah. was also promoting like an actual tangible product. I think that would actually make a lot of sense. Or if like, yeah, perhaps we got like a sponsor or like a company wanted it, like was, you know, was collaborating with us. We could do our own little commercial spot in the YouTube show. I would imagine, you know, once we get to the point of being picked up, I mean, obviously they'll just have commercials, but um, at this point, I mean, if we were to open a collaboration with another company, that would be, that would honestly be really cool. Idea. Yeah, that'd be little, super cool. And I love that you form. said, when you get picked up, not if. Uh-oh. I love that. It's frozen. It's frozen. Yeah, I love that you, that I love that you said that you, when you get picked up and not if you get picked up. I love that, that, that knowing, that planning for the future. Oh, it's only a matter of time. I mean, we just consistently keep going. We also have these boy talk cards. Um, no, I don't have any on me right now. I do. I have some on me. So these boy talk cards, we each have them. And since we're both on set so much, there's a QR code. And we're, you know, we're consistently by other actors, producers on set. So every time I'm on set, I'm like talking to people. And I, I almost like strategically bring up boy talk. You know, I'm like, oh, what, do you do anything besides, you know, on set? What do you like to do? And they're like, oh, I do blank, blank, blank. What about you? I'm like, oh, uh, I have my own show, boy talk. Here, take a card. I and then I get that. a card. And there's a QR code that takes you to our YouTube page. And um, so, so then so we're on sets and then we're talking to producers, assistant directors, PAs, you know, all different forms of film industry people. And we're just like spreading these cards, spreading these cards. And, you know, maybe you'll get like one subscriber out of every five cards you get. But regardless, we're going on different sets and we're people are knowing Boy Talk. We're wearing Boy Talk merchandise on set. So it's like and we're consistently collaborating with new actors and film industry people that we're meeting on set. So we're just like spreading these webs all throughout Los Angeles. 
And as long as we keep going every Saturday, if we keep committing to the every Saturday thing, keep delivering cards, keep working, keep getting the show better and better. It's just a matter of time before it happens, hopefully sooner than later. But another beautiful thing is that regardless, we're going to just keep going. Oh, and we get new sweatshirts now too. Check it out. We got new the merch. Sweatshirts. We got the merch going got on there. Sweatshirts. Nice. That's the long sleeve. Yeah, it's a hoodie. Perhaps oh, you should nice. try it on. Everybody cool. loves hoodies. Well, everybody in Canada loves hoodies, so. Yeah. yeah, they needed this in Canada. They need this in Canada. The Canada, we needed one that'll be like this and it'll say Canadian edition. Can it, yeah, boy talk. <laughs> a little Canadian leaf. A little maple leaf on the bottom. <laughs> but it's like 75 degrees, so. Yeah, it's a little hot for a sweatshirt. I love that. So you could, I can tell that you guys are really, really passionate about, you know, everything you do. How did you get into the acting and get into doing what you're doing? Because you know, you ventured out into a little bit of accounting and that was like a no-go. But so how did you get into like figuring out, okay, acting is what I want to do? Oh man. Um, well, I'm personally, I'm from North Dakota and growing up, there's not a lot to do in North Dakota. So I spent a lot of my time just like watching movies, literally my, from like zero to 18 watching movies. I would be looking up IMDb, looking up all the actors, but, oh, this actor played in this movie with this actor. And just like, I was just obsessed with the film and TV industry. And in college, I did a play and I auditioned for it just because a friend said like, you should audition for it because he was going to be in it. And then I auditioned for this like 40 person musical. And then I ended up getting the lead role. And I was just wow. like, whoa. So I, you know, I kind of took that as a sign. And then after college, I went backpacking for three years and um, I was living in Australia and New Zealand. And, you know, after experiencing three years of like just crazy outback Australia, you know, I was like, it was, it was, you know, the most exciting thing I've ever done in my life. And I couldn't even imagine going back to North Dakota and living that, living a North Dakota life. And I was, you know, the confidence I gained from traveling made me think like, I really enjoyed, you know, I've always wanted to be an actor and really enjoyed that play. And I kind of thought about, you know, the fact that I auditioned for that play and I got the lead role. And it was really interesting because, um, I wanted to pull the trigger and move to LA and just pursue acting, but it was a really scary thing to do, you know, but I figured I spent three years by myself on the other side of the world and I made it happen. And what I did was I was working at this vineyard or vineyard in uh, New Zealand. And I had about two months left in uh, New Zealand. And I went on this Facebook page for like New Zealand films and I found a New Zealand film and they were looking for casting for it. And I reached out to them and I tried to schedule an audition and I got an audition. And regardless if I booked this role or not, I wasn't going to be able to do it because my visa was ending. But I, I, it was like a test for myself. And I was like, right. if I book this role, this will be a sign that I need to go to, I just need to pull the trigger, move to Los Angeles and figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I got a bus. I, I took like, you know, it was like a five hour bus ride. I stayed in this town. It was uh, Wellington and I stayed in a hostel overnight, went to the audition and um, did the audition, long story short, and I booked the part. And I was like, it was insane. I was like, oh my God. And I reached out to him like, sorry guys, I can't you know, do this film. I have to go back to America. But then immediately like booked my flight for Los Angeles, got back to North Dakota, got a car, packed everything in my car and just drove here. And now I've been in the, in the Los Angeles film, you know, rat race, I guess you could say for over three and a half years now. And about a year and a half in is when I met Paul and then Boy Talk, Man of Action and, and all that started out. But the first you know, year and a half was just, trying to figure out exactly how do you even, cause like when I, like when I first got here, it was like, how do you even be an actor? How do you even start this journey? And it was just, 
honestly, if I give anyone any advice, just start taking acting classes and act, asking questions. And then before you know it, you figure out this, go there, do that, talk to this person and boom, boom, bam. But um, yeah, that was my journey. And I'll follow up uh, his journey with my journey as well. <laughs> and uh, so for me, it started when I was like 16. Um, you know, I was just in the suburbs of like Pennsylvania, like 30 minutes south of Philadelphia. And uh, me and my buddy, Phil, he had like a little camera and he was a skateboarder. So like a lot of like the skate, the kids who skated would film skate videos. But I didn't skateboard, but he had like this little like camera that would like flip out to the side like this. Yeah. And we went and we filmed the video and I was like, wow, this is really fun. And then like we filmed another video and I was like, yeah, this is hilarious. And then eventually like more of our friends were like, oh, this is funny. Like, and we just started incorporating more and more people. And then by the time it was like my senior year of high school, I remember we did this big project for the movie Beowulf or for the book Beowulf. <laughs> And it was like this, and we we literally, it was like four days, it was like a high school, like English class project, but we did like four days of filming. And it was for me, it was like 20 some hours of editing with all these visual effects. And like, I had like a dragon flying in and all this stuff. And like, I, and like everyone else's videos were these like two minute videos in like someone's basement where they were all have like blankets on as like things. <laughs> we had, we had my friend's mom actually like, like made costumes for all of these people. You know what I mean? So we had like these medieval costumes for everybody. Like we really went hard with this production. And then I, then I uh, played it for my English class and they were, and my English teacher, Miss Gicking, she, she was like, Paul, if you don't do something, like she watched the video and the class was like, dude, you Paul, you tried way too hard. And like, just, <laughs> you didn't have to do that much for this project. But my English teacher was like, Paul, if you don't do something with film, like you're doing a serious disservice to yourself. So I like really took that to heart. That was a really like turning point for me where I was like, I then went to my parents and was like, Hey, I want to go to film school. Like, I, you know, and, and eventually I want to move to, you know, Los Angeles and be this like Hollywood movie director. And my parents were like, yeah, go for it. So then I went to film school at Temple uh, and then ended up graduating with a degree in film and media arts, moved out here and just still, still shooting films. And I feel like, uh, yeah. And then so far, like the journey with boy talk has been a really, really good, uh, a good partnership, a good collaboration to where it's like, yeah, like if you just keep filming, like eventually you're gonna get these great opportunities, get to work with great actors like Dallas and, uh, and a lot of other people with Boy Talk as well. And yeah, like a lot, I think Boy Talk's going well because like his, like Dallas's vision for it and like my vision for it, like there's a lot of like alignment with like things that we can work together to help both of us. So yeah, it's just going well. And I feel like it's, we're just like, I, I really feel like we'll be like the big names that you hear about in like a couple of years of like these new, like, you know, up and coming people who are doing really well and have good content. And then who knows over the course of like into our forties, fifties, sixties, you know, it could just be like just massive, massive success in the film industry, you know? I love it. I love that. And I love that you have that vision for yourself and you're dedicated to that. And so now that we know that your show is going to be a massive success and it's going to be on basically multiple networks because, mm -hmm. you know, once one has it, they all fight for it. Um, mm -hmm. If people ask you, what are your favorite shows to binge watch? What, what would you say? I just binge watched Squid Game. Same. I really just finished. I have not seen that yet. Is it good? Oh, my yes. God. It's so good. You need to watch it today. All of it. <laughs> Every episode. I love um, I'm a big fan of Good Girls. Have you seen Good Girls on Netflix? No, I haven't seen it. No, I haven't I, seen it. What, what's Good Girls? What's that about? So it starts off with these group of friends, these three women, two are sisters and, and then this friend. And they start <clears throat> off by, they rob a bank. And, and then they sort of kind of through that experience get involved with this, 
um, guy who's sort of like in an underworld kind of scene, does a lot of like, you know, uh, underhanded trades and things like that. And, and they become these like, these hardcore criminals, like, but they're, they're everyday moms and like, <laughs> <laughs> they go they to don't like good girls <laughs> but it's such a good show and it's there's four seasons out now i think there's one final season coming up season five such a good show christina Hendricks is in it um reno wilson mm. so so good we have to watch that i love that show but also manifest have you watched manifest i haven't seen manifest i know of manifest i've not seen manifest what oh my gosh Okay, yeah. Like we, we make more TV than we watch, I think. Sorry? Well, I think we make more shows than we watch. Yeah, that's it's true. Funny, it's that's a funny... True. Uh, that's true. Yeah. So we were going to um, do a little roundtable uh, pitch here. And uh, I don't know if you guys are prepared for that. We're going we're gonna to pitch a show. Okay. Any random show. So... Do you want to go first, Dallas? Just any random show. Just pitch it as if it were a real show, and we are the we are the audience. We are the we are the producers. Like a show, like, a, like any random, like a, a made up show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got all right. So there's a dude. There's a dude. And um, he's a surfer. He's a surfer. However, he's a surfer who has diabetes. So this diabetic surfer, and the year is 1965. Mm -hmm. And he's so passionate about surfing. And then it comes to his attention when he's visiting his doctor that his diabetes has reached a point where he has six months to live or his diabetes is going gonna, is gonna to take him out, right? Now, limited by the, the, by the year 1965, He's, you know, I mean, there's no cell phones. There's, there's, there's no quick access to things. He's, he's a man in the 60, 65 that has to figure out what he's going to do with the rest of his six months. However, luckily for him, he's invested heavily into the stock market. So his funds are super high. So this man has resources that not many of the average people have. So you got this rich surfer, diabetic man, and he lives in San Francisco, by the way. And he now has a bucket list. He has a bucket list of things he wants to do. Now, in the first episode, what happens is he's trying to knock off the first thing off of his bucket list. And his first thing is to, is to rob a bank. So he robs a bank. However, he doesn't realize that the person who owns the bank also has an underground mafia. Ooh. So he robs the bank. He gets away with it. Little did he know he got tailed by the mafia. Now, as we go into the next episode, season two, or episode two, excuse me, he's going to do his next thing on his bucket list. Little does he know, not only does he only have six months to live, but now he also has the mafia tailing him. And our episode one ends with him kissing his mom goodbye. And we see that the mafia is taking pictures of him at his mom's house. So the mafia now knows about his mom. He's got six months to live. He's got a bucket list. Mafia's after him. It's called uh, Surf's Up. Ooh, and scene. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Paul? So here's a, here's an idea. My pitch will be much shorter than Dallas's. But, uh, <laughs> but it would be like, uh, it would be, ideally it would be like a Netflix limited series. It would be like eight episodes and it would be about 
how uh, Sasquatch is an employee for the FBI and he works in the FBI and he works at the FBI and his goal is to delete all the info about Sasquatch existing so that the Sasquatch can exist in peace so that whenever people are going, Sasquatch is constantly behind the scenes in the FBI deleting data about Sasquatch so that him and his family can live in peace. Very interesting. What's it called? Uh, I don't know what it would be called yet. It would be called something like Sasquatch hunting or something. But it would basically be like the Sasquatch constantly, like there's just all these hunters who are trying to kill him. And he's in the FBI and he constantly needs to like erase the data so to leave no trail. Ooh, interesting. Like a double agent almost. Yeah. How would he not be recognized in, at the CIA because he's like covered in hair? But he would be, well, he'd be in with the FBI. Like he works for the FBI. But they, so they know he's Sasquatch. Yeah, the FBI knows that Sasquatch is real. Yeah. But they he, want to protect his He has like an invisible blanket that he throws over stuff. Well, I think, I think it could be like, he could be like, he could be like, he could be almost like how you can't kill like praying mantises and stuff. You know what I mean? It's like illegal because they're like, they're like yeah. sacred creatures. Like we don't know how many of these we got. Right, so the, the FBI wants to protect the Sasquatch as well. But the Sasquatch is like very intelligent, so he works for the FBI as well. Interesante. Those are both shows I would watch. I don't know if you'd watch this one, but my pitch is this, this girl who's, you know, a really famous um, cake maker. She makes these really beautiful extravagant cakes, and one day she goes into her bakery, and <clears throat> just like any other ordinary day, and all of a sudden one of her cakes looks a little different. And so she does a further exploration to find out that there is a bomb inside this cake and it has to go to a specific destination she has been unknowingly recruited by the underworld and the only thing that's going to stop this bomb from exploding is for her to keep an adequate amount of frosting on this cake and so she has to make sure it doesn't melt, it doesn't get scraped off while she's in her travels to take this bomb to the, the, the destined location. It's insane, boys. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Episode two, she runs out of frosting. What's going to happen? Da -da -da -da. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What's it, it going to be called? It's going to be called uh, uh, Baker's Bomb. <laughs> Baker's bomb, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched, I've watched, I've watched the pilot. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Uh, well, rumor has it you guys have a tip of the day, so let's get boys talk tip of the day. Um, I would say the tip of the day is uh, keep rolling. You know, if you're a creator, if you're doing anything with films, keep rolling the camera, keep editing, keep uploading, keep rolling. I love it. I love it. Well, why don't you shout out everywhere people can find you. Just promote the heck out of yourselves. Go for it. So you can find me. I'm uh, at Paul Kruger Films, uh, but I feel like, and then Dallas is at Delegation on Instagram, but also uh, you can find us on YouTube, Boy Talk Studios. Search Boy Talk Studios. Boy Talk Studios. Boy Talk Studios. Boy Talk Studios. On Instagram at it's boy talk at it's boy talk Instagram it's, at it's boy talk it's boy talk it's boy talk it's 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 boy talk I T S boy talk I T S B O Y T A L K it's boy talk it's boy talk okay and then Patreon 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 dot com slash boy talk 
boy talk and then boy talk <laughs> boy talk boy talk boy talk boy talk, boy talk. and then boy your talk. merch merch is patreon.com slash store s-t-o-r-e slash boy talk it's actually represent.com slash store slash boy talk represent.com slash store s-t-o-r-e slash boy talk <laughs> well thank you very much paul and dallas from boy talk for <laughs> joining me today and co-hosting i had a blast i hope you had fun yeah i did yeah i had a good time of course <laughs> Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll do it again before you guys get, you know, Oscar famous. Remember the little people. You, the little you got a couple of days still that has <laughs> yeah. my count six. Everybody make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to this channel. And if you haven't heard it yet and you haven't written it down, it's boy talk. Boom. <laughs> Have a great week, guys. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you.